Today, we're going to learn about designing gunplay. Hey, how's it going, everyone? I hope you're doing well. Welcome to the 21st episode of the Game Dev Field Guide. I'm your host, Zachavelli. You can find me on Twitter, at underscore Zachavelli underscore, and Instagram at the same handle. I would also encourage you to come check out the Game Dev Field Guide Discord. Um, it's kind of a place for everyone to congregate, I guess, in a community sort of fashion, and... It's where we do the game dev challenge. We share tutorials and thoughts on game dev. Um, people show off their work. They pitch their game ideas. All sorts of good stuff and fun and constructive stuff going on over there. So I would encourage everyone to come join. The open invite link is in the show notes. Also this year for the month of December, um, I wanted to do a charity fundraiser. But I realized with everything going on that for a lot of people, the kind of financial situation is a little tough right now, so it just it didn't feel right to do like a big, showy, flashy charity fundraiser. So instead, I'm going to drop the charity that I intended to do this for in the show notes. Um, it's called the Able Gamers Charity. It's a pretty popular one, and for good reason. They do a lot of good work in helping gamers with disabilities kind of participate in video games. Some people have disabilities that unfortunately don't allow them to play and enjoy video games and the Able Gamers charity kind of helps these people in need and helps build them maybe like for instance a specific controller or peripheral so that they can enjoy video games too. It's a good charity. Um, 94% 94 cents out of a dollar goes to the cause. So yeah, I'll just drop the link where you can donate in the show notes. Um, No worries, I totally understand, especially right now, if you can't donate. But if you can and you're looking to do some good, the Able Gamers charity is a great place to send your resources. So with the intro out of the way, let's move on over to the Game Dev Challenge. The Game Dev Challenge is the segment of the show where I give um, the listeners a prompt um, usually it comes in the form of some kind of challenge uh, that focuses on on a part of game development. Maybe there's an art challenge where you draw sprites. There's a game design challenge where you design a mechanic. Stuff like that. Last episode's game dev challenge was to make two pieces of art with a similar art style. Last week's, I keep saying last week's, last episode's theme was all about developing art styles. And so the challenge was to see if you could make two pieces of art with a consistent art style. And the submission with the most votes comes from the Midnight Gamer. And this is one of the biggest challenges with a audio-only format, is when I do these art challenges, um, unfortunately, it's pretty hard to convey to you all what I'm looking at. The best thing to do would be to see it for yourself on our Discord under the Game Dev Challenge channel, but I will try to explain or describe this art. So the Midnight Gamer has three character sprites, and they're all done in sort of a pixel art style, kind of reminiscent of 
the very old or classic JRPGs. What sets these apart, though, is their color palettes. The Midnight Gamer has picked color palettes for these characters that are absolutely... I would say, like, maybe vivid is the right word for them. The Midnight Gamer has made a um, sorcerer character sprite that is like this glowing blue um, with fireballs and gray hair, and it looks really good. That's my favorite of the three. And I guess without you guys having it right in front of you, it's kind of hard to explain what I thought was done well by this challenge. But if, if you remember last week or last episode was all about keeping a consistent art style. And so some of the things that are sticking out to me right away about this consistent art style that the Midnight Gamer has is first off the scale of the characters. If you look at each of the characters, all of them, their eyes are always the same width apart, they're the same size, they're two pixels tall, the arms are one pixel in width, and of course if you had like maybe a monster or something, you wouldn't stick to these, like the eyes being the same spot, but these are all human-like characters. What the Midnight Gamer has done really well is that they kept a consistent scale, but each character doesn't just feel like a reskin of a human character, if that makes sense. Each of the three characters feels uniquely different and yet I can tell that they all come from the same universe or same game. If you remember from last episode, one of the things that I said um, that you really want to get across with your game's art style is its personality and how the game kind of comes into its own personality once you get the art style nailed down. And to me, these characters convey a good amount of sort of, as I was saying earlier, like vivid charm. For being such a low resolution, um, and by that I mean being done with very few pixels, they just bring out so much color and are very interesting to look at. And I'd love to see them in a full environment with like background art done in the same style. So yeah, me just talking about it probably doesn't do it enough justice. You should really go check it out on the Discord. The open invite link is in the show notes. Um, and congratulations to the Midnight Gamer for winning the episode 20 game dev challenge. So for the next game dev challenge for episode 21, I want you to design a gun for a looter shooter game like Destiny or Borderlands. There will be bonus points, I guess, rewarded for gun designs that don't just change the stats and focus on the stats so much, but more the mechanics of how the gun works. This could be interesting mechanics revolved around the reload of the gun. Maybe an interesting attachment. Um, stuff like that. Try and be really creative, I guess, with how the gun works instead of just saying, well, it just is a normal gun, but it does extra damage or something like that. So yeah, that's the game dev challenge for episode 21. Design a gun for a looter shooter like Destiny or Borderlands. Um, and try and be real creative with how the mechanic works. You can submit your submissions on the Discord under the Game Dev Challenge channel. And with that, let's move over to the body of the episode. So today's episode is about gunplay and guns and the design and mechanics of guns in video games. Um, and I wanted to provide like some framing or context for the episode 
When I say gunplay, I mean the gameplay that revolves around guns. Um, for this episode, it will mostly focus on 3D first-person shooters. And you guys know that I like to put things on spectrums, so when we're talking about games with gunplay, uh, let's decide on a spectrum that's so that we have a frame of reference for what I'm talking about. To me, on one side, you have games that have what I'm going to call like action-oriented gunplay. These are games like Doom and Wolfenstein. They often include things like quick, fluid movements, um, dodging instead of the use of cover, and most importantly for this episode, each gun fills a unique and specific purpose. On the extreme other end of the spectrum, you have milsim games. These are military simulations. Um, they focus on slow, tactical team gameplay. Um, cover and concealment is super important, and you have lots of guns that overlap in purpose, but the differences are nuanced, and the nuances are important due to the deeper simulation of how the guns work. An example of that deeper simulation is maybe the caliber of a weapon affecting its armor penetration. In contrast, for instance, in Doom, uh, Doom has the super shotgun. There's only one shotgun, it destroys everything. A game like Arma, which is a military simulation, will have lots of shotguns, and the shotgun shell that you use in the shotgun matters. You know, you could be using slugs, you could be using buckshot. I think there's even one that's like a flamethrower, turns your shotgun into, like, it shoots like a burst of flame. I think it's called Dragon's Breath or something like that, which is a real thing, by the way. <laughs> but anyways, in the middle of the spectrum... Um, that's where you're going to find games like Call of Duty, of course, which Call of Duty you're talking about kind of leans more towards the left or right of that spectrum. You also find like Halo, Battlefield, the kind of classic FPSs are in the middle. And when I was thinking about it, maybe this should be one of those like triangular spectrums, I don't know, I'm sure there's a word for what that diagram is, but you know what I mean, where you have the three extremes sort of in a triangle, and then whatever you're talking about falls somewhere in the middle of the triangle, depending on how much it shares with the extremes. Um, and that third point I'm talking about would be looter-shooter games like Destiny and Borderlands. Guns in those games have lots of options that fill one role, but they set themselves apart from each other with stats that sort of abstract a simulation. So the stats, for instance, might not be like the caliber of the weapon, but more like this weapon does poison damage or lightning damage. Stuff that is not exactly represented in the simulation, like how fast the bullet's going, but more just kind of a abstract stat thing that offers a little bit deeper um, gameplay. The key point about this entire spectrum is to understand which style will work best for your game. I would say that games like Destiny and Borderlands are proof that Guns with abstracted stats that fill the same role work in fast and frantic games and probably would work in slower milsim setting um, if you used a little bit of creativity to kind of help blend those things together. In fact, that's kind of a cool idea, like a fantasy milsim. I don't know if that exists already, but if you know of a game where it's like modern military mixed with fantasy and it's not like Call of Duty, but it's like Arma you got to reach out to me because that sounds like a really awesome idea and I want to play it. I don't think you could mix milsim-like gun controls with fast, mobile, um, sort of frantic gunplay like you find in Doom 
and Wolfenstein. In other words, that is to say, although some things work in sort of the destiny model on both the fast and slow side, I think the things that are unique to the fast and slow side um, don't work with each other. For instance, if you only had one gun per roll in a milsim, that wouldn't be very fun because people in milsims like all the different weapons and they appreciate the difference between a gun that shoots, you know, this many feet per second versus one that shoots a different feet per second. Even if it slightly changes the gameplay, people who like that gun realism appreciate all the different little changes. And so if you only had one gun per roll, like you would in a fast, frantic game like Doom, then you're kind of losing one of the strengths of a milsim. Conversely, you're limiting the chaotic fun of weapons that you find in fast games if you combine them with slow tactical movement like you would in a kind of more team-based military simulation. You might have heard of me talk about doubling down on your strengths before, and I think the same happens in kind of gunplay game design. If your guns are real chaotic and crazy, then you want your movements and your levels and your enemies to be the same. And if you're going real hardcore on like the realism, then you want the other stuff about the game to be hardcore in the realism department too. And of course you could pick some middle ground and plenty of games do, and that's where you find kind of the mainstream shooters because they take a little bit of everything. So the first thing to do when you decide um, that you want to make a FPS or a game with guns in it is to decide where you are on this spectrum. Next, let's talk about mechanics. When I'm talking about mechanics, I mean things like how does reloading work in your game? Is there recoil? How are the bullets simulated? Stuff like that. Reloading and ammo in general kind of falls under the player resource management category of game design. How big of a role this plays can drastically change the game feel of your game. Scarce ammo, for instance, can really make the player think about their shots, um, while bountiful or unlimited ammo allows them to focus more on the other aspects of the game. Sometimes it's more fun just to hold the trigger down and not even think about ammo at all. Different kinds of ammo can force the player to think about using the right kind of bullet for the job. This can be a good way to increase the skill ceiling and depth for not a lot of overhead. When I say increase the skill ceiling in depth for not a lot of overhead, by that I mean the more features you add to your game, like different kinds of ammo, the deeper your game's going to be, and it's going to separate the really good players from the just okay players because there's more to learn. And of course you would want, you know, a deep game, but the problem with that is you run into feature creep. And as we've talked about before, feature creep is where you just keep adding things and new ideas to the game and your game's focus is lost but also kind of an underrated thing that I haven't talked about much is the overhead of developing your game kind of grows out of control almost to an unmanageable point especially if you're a solo dev. For every feature that you add to the game that's something new you have to make for your game that includes new art assets, new code, new game design, and then you got to think about how all that stuff interacts with what you already have, so it's kind of like multiplying and getting bigger. And so when I say that adding ammo is not a lot of overhead, all I mean is if you could have red bullets or blue bullets or whatever, you already have bullets in your game. It's really easy to use blue bullets, for instance, change how they behave a little bit, and now you've increased the depth of your game for a very little overhead cost. 
Now, of course, you got to think of other things like the focus of the game and not overwhelming the player. If you had a hundred different kinds of ammo, that might overwhelm the player if they <laughs> got all that at once. And it also might result in the different kinds of ammo feeling kind of samey. So obviously you have to think about what you're adding and know that um, just because you're adding a bunch of different options doesn't always increase the depth of your game in a good way. But I think in a game with guns, offering a few different kinds of ammo to change up the gameplay is a good way to add a nice amount of depth without breaking the bank and budget or time. Next, let's talk about recoil. Recoil is how the gun kicks after firing a shot. This will make the player have to readjust after each shot and can have a huge effect on the skill ceiling of the game. Games with a high amount of recoil um, may want to include an aim down sights feature so that the players can more easily shoot. Just to be clear, um, aim down sights is like what you would find in Call of Duty where you kind of have two states of holding the gun. One where you're just kind of holding it by the hip and then the other one where you actually bring up the sights and then your camera is looking straight down through the sights of the gun. And this brings up kind of an interesting question. Why do you want to add something that kind of negates or goes around a feature of the game? In other words, why even put in recoil if you're going to have an aim down sights feature that drastically reduces the recoil? And this goes back to the idea of adding depth and a skill ceiling. By having these two sort of states, it allows for skilled players to pull off hip shots, um, maybe at a quicker rate. Um, this would be times when you don't have to actually bring your gun up. Maybe you're close enough or you're just really good at controlling the hip fire recoil. Now you get a little bit of the both of best wor worlds. You can have a game where there is a lot of recoil um, and skilled players will know when they have to aim and when they can kind of get away with hip shooting. But new players will also be able to manage the recoil because they can use the crutch that you gave them in the aim down sight. And this is kind of a good philosophy for any sort of game design. When you're adding a skill ceiling um, in depth, make sure that you add little crutches along the way that help your players elevate their own skill up to that ceiling. If you only had a game with really hard, like, punishing recoil, then you might turn away a lot of new players um, because the learning curve will be way too steep for them at the beginning. So you want to offer um, sort of features that make it a little bit easier while still rewarding high skill players. Next, let's talk about bullet simulation. Um, I already talked about bullets in depth in Quick Tips episode 3, or Quick Tips 3 episode 17, rather. So if you want like the deep dive, go back to that episode, but I'll sum it up here quickly. There's two ways to simulate bullets in video games that I know of. I'm sure there's probably other ways, but the two ways I know are hit scan and projectile. Hit scan is where you basically draw an instantaneous line from the barrel of the gun out into the world and you see if the line connects with a player or a wall or an exploding barrel or whatever. Projectile is when you simulate each bullet or maybe a rocket or sometimes like slower moving just orbs or whatever you're just simulating the actual projectile itself as an in-game object. There's pros and cons to each of these. Hit scan is easier simulation for players to kind of get a hold of. It's easier to play and it's also cheaper performance-wise. Projectiles, in my opinion, add more depth 
and they're more fun to play against. And kind of a key thing that I have learned and kind of a generally accepted tip, at least amongst the developers that I study, is that hitscan is not very fun to play against. Think about a game like Doom. Um, I don't... I don't think there's any enemy in Doom that has a hit-scan weapon. They all use projectile weapons because it's fun to like have a big, slow fireball coming at you where you have a chance to run and dodge out of the way. If you were just playing against a computer AI that instantaneously shot a line from its gun to you, it's just not very fun because it happens so fast and it's hard to make an AI that messes up kind of hit-scan aiming in a way that a human would. And there are plenty of games that do it, um, but in my opinion, if you're going to have enemies shooting at the character, try to use projectiles, because honestly it's just more fun to play against. It gives your players a chance to dodge and makes it easier for you to develop an AI that uses projectiles in a more human way. And so yeah, that's the two ways that I know of um, on how you might want to actually simulate the bullets in your game. Another thing to consider in sort of the gunplay design is targeting. And by targeting, I mean what the player is shooting at. This is commonly designed around damage multiplying areas on enemies, like getting a headshot or shooting a vehicle in a weak spot. I think due to the widespreadness and popularity of FPS and the base level skill of players in the market, I think enemies with tougher-to-shoot spots or systems that reward higher accuracy are pretty much a requirement. It's like something that has come to be expected out of the genre. If you have a game with guns and you're shooting at human targets, most people are going to expect that a headshot offers some kind of damage multiplier. And like I was saying, FPS is so popular that people are going to be able to get headshots pretty regularly, even your worst skill players will probably be able to pull it off just because FPS is so popular and so many people play it. So speaking of things that are expected by the player, um, let's talk about damage. The amount of damage a bullet does to a player or an enemy is usually unique to the game or game franchise you're playing in. Look at the difference, for instance, between how fast you can kill someone in Call of Duty versus a game like Destiny. This metric, um, or the measurement of how fast you can kill someone is often expressed as TTK or time to kill. In games with a low TTK, skills like map knowledge, awareness, and reflexes are favored. In games with a higher TTK, gun skill, targeting weak spots, and using the right weapons for the job are favored. Most games are a mix of these kind of two things and it's kind of a generalization that I just said, so that's not meant to be a spectrum where it's one or the other. To give a good example, in COD, um, it usually comes down to who spots who first. In Call of Duty, if you catch someone with their back turned to you, most of the time you win that gunfight. In a games with a longer time to kill, though, catching someone with their back turned gives you an advantage, but they can take a few bullets, turn around, and fight back. In games like that, it becomes more about hitting your enemy in the weak spots, like getting headshots, or using the right weapon for the situation. A good example of this is a game like Halo. When you get into a gun battle with someone in Halo, let's say you're both using battle rifles, it usually comes down to who can get more headshots and get the other person's shields down first. 
and Halo it also depends highly on what weapons you're using at what ranges. Halo in general is just a really good example of really good gunplay design and if you're serious about making like a quality FPS I think Halo should be one of the things that you study in depth. Next let's talk about aesthetics. Aesthetics are always important in games with guns because guns are just cool and they're in popular culture because they look cool. Aesthetics and animations are part of what makes a gun feel good in a game and the other big thing to that equation is sound and we'll talk about that in a second. An interesting and big part of both aesthetics and gameplay are attachments. Attachments are things like scopes, grips, silencers, compensators, stocks, things like that. Um, they allow the player to both customize how the guns look and how they play. When you're coming up with attachments for your guns um, and designing what the attachments will do, it should be in line with where your game fits in on that spectrum that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. People who like Milsim like games, where you have 40 different optics, are going to appreciate the nuanced differences between like an ACOG and a red dot, whereas in a game like Doom or the more action-oriented games, it might be more in line with that game just to have one or two options um, that fill a unique role or purpose for the attachment. So I said sound plays a huge role in the feel of a gun, and in my opinion this cannot be overstated enough in Whitesight saved it for the last main point of the body. The sound of the gun, in my opinion, is a make-or-break thing for how the gun feels in your game. It requires a deep and rich sound, um, and it can make all the difference. And honestly, the sound design of video games in general, but especially of guns, could probably be a whole episode on its own. And unfortunately, this is something I don't have a super deep knowledge of, so you may want to go look other places for how you would make this yourself. What I can say is that if you use a high-quality source sound, like a recording of a real gun, you can do pretty well without having to try to make your own sort of deep and rich blast. Now, recording gun sounds in itself is its own whole thing, but there are some free um, sources on the internet. And luckily, the game development community is super cool, and people are constantly putting out free sound packs. So I'm sure if you did some searching or maybe even paid someone a little bit of money to help you, I'm sure you could come up with some really high quality uh, source sounds to use in your game. So in summary, gunplay is the thing that kind of describes the gameplay that revolves around guns in a video game. You mostly find this in 3D first-person shooters, and you have a kind of wide spectrum between action-oriented games like Doom and Wolfenstein and military simulation games like Arma, Escape from Tarkov, DayZ, and in the middle is where you find your Halos and Call of Duties. The big difference between these is how the guns in that game fill a role or purpose. Fast action-oriented games are more about one gun per purpose and you try and make the different guns as unique as possible the more you slide over to the milsim crowd you're looking for multiple guns per roll and the nuances get appreciated more and more the further you go towards the military simulation side of the spectrum the key point about the spectrum is deciding and understanding where your game is going to fit 
in that wide of array of options. When designing the gunplay in your game, you're going to want to think about the core mechanics. This is stuff like how reloading works, how recoil works, how the bullets are simulated. Remember that reloading and ammo are kind of a player resource management, and this really can change how the game feels depending on how scarce or bountiful you want the ammo to be in your game, as well as having multiple ammo types and sources, and increasing the skill ceiling in ways like that. Recoil is important in games with gunplay because it increases the depth and raises the skill ceiling of the game. Just remember, if your recoil is real extreme, you might want to include an aim down sights feature or some other kind of crutch that helps players get up to that skill ceiling before being turned away. There's two ways that I know of to simulate bullets in games. You can either do it via hit scan or projectile. Hit scan is good for when you want the shooting to be easy or performant. This would be things like machine guns. Projectiles are better for when you want to simulate each bullet or each rocket or whatever your gun is shooting. And keep in mind that projectiles are fun to play against where hitscan can be kind of boring or frustrating when the AI can just draw an, in an instant line from its gun to you. Targeting is an important thing to consider and is pretty much a requirement with the way that FPS audiences are today. So make sure you have some kind of way like a headshot or a weak spot, something for the higher accuracy players to be rewarded with. The amount of damage that bullets do in your game is often measured in a TTK or time to kill. A fast time to kill and slow time to kill each have pros and cons. It kind of depends on if your game wants if you want your game to be more about reflexes and awareness or gun skill and um, kind of having the right weapons ready. Aesthetics are super important and anything in popular culture that includes guns, including video games. The aesthetics and animations associated with a gun are a big part of what makes it feel good. Attachments are a cool way to both add to the aesthetics and gameplay of the guns in your games, but one of the biggest ingredients in how to make your guns feel good and just be cool in video games is to have high quality sound design. This is the kind of thing that usually requires an expert or someone who really knows what they're doing when coming up with sound assets, but you probably will be able to find high quality sources on the internet for free, and I suggest you go out and look for them because it can really elevate the way your gun feels. So with that, I'm going to end the episode. Next episode, episode 22 will be about picking a game engine. If you'd like to reach out to me and talk about anything game dev or talk about the episodes or maybe you have some criticisms of the podcast, I'd love to hear them. Um, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Zaccavelli underscore. I'm on Instagram at the same handle. Come join our Discord. It's a great place to learn game dev and talk with others about game dev. The open invite link is in the show notes. And it would mean a lot to me and someone else out there who the resources are going to if you would donate to the Able Gamers charity. I will also put the donate link in the show notes. Of course, with everything going on right now, if you can't donate, that's totally fine and totally understandable. And with that, I'm going to sign off. I have been Zaccavelli. The battle rifle in Halo is a power weapon. Don't at me, and I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>